Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, everyone. It is Pierce, host of the PJ's Cast. And if you enjoy listening to the PJ's Cast as much as we do recording it, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends no matter what platform you may be on. We love discussing the Chicago Blackhawks and, of course, the game of hockey. But we want to reach this out to a wider audience. And doing all those things really help us out. So once again, if you enjoy the PJ's Cast, please leave a positive review, subscribe, and share with friends. And I hope you guys enjoyed the upcoming podcast episode. Welcome everyone to the PJ's cast. I'm your host Pierce, alongside of my good pal Jimmy. Uh, no Schmitty today, but uh, let's let's That's let's so get fun. right into it. Let's get into the thick of it. Um, I've missed so last the night, podcast where he can he gets a day off. He gets a, a maintenance day. Yeah, he, is, he, he, is he earned, has he has school. many maintenance days. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah. So last night, probably the craziest game of the year. The Blackhawks beat the Red Wings eight to five. I think I saw a stat that that's the first time they've scored eight goals against the Red Wings on the road since like 1992 or something. And really, they, yeah, I, I think, I think so. they, they dropped seven on them in 2013. Yeah, they uh, no, they dropped Valentine's seven on them last year because they, yeah, they did. That was the last time they scored more than seven. Oh, goals. yeah, 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 because we mm-hmm. owned the Red Wings last year, really. Remember the, yeah, the Pia Suter hat trick. Yeah. But now this time it's the Dylan Strome hat trick. Well, now PS is scoring against us because uh, bad asset management. But that's there's no need. To Does that mean that hey. Dylan Strome is just going to walk as an RFA and then go to Detroit and it's the same probably shooter yeah. over again? Well, we'll discuss that, but we'll we'll talk about the game first. So uh, the I was I think yesterday I opened again. I was so exhausted. I forgot there was a game on, and I slept like through like the first half of the first period. And I just checked my phone. And I just heard heard it going off, and I finally awoke. And I'm like, "Holy shit, it's three nothing!" And then I like opened my phone. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's four nothing! They got this in the bag!" And then I like went up to make supper. I didn't I didn't wasn't really paying attention to my phone. And then I think I went to check it. I'm like, "Oh my god, it's 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 four two already. This is this is gonna happen. They're gonna they're the Red Wings are gonna come back and win." I'm pretty sure I put out a tweet. Where they scored the first goal, and I'm like, my model's expecting the Red Wings to score within the next couple minutes, and guess what they did? <laughs> and then your model is uh, experiences of Blackhawks fan. Sorry, it says your model experiencing uh, being a Blackhawks fan. Oh yes, yes, yes. Um, Absolutely. Uh, my favorite one is the expected goals. Expected by whom exactly? Anyways, Us. and <laughs> uh. It's funny because Ben Pope put out this article, the Pia Suter revenge game, and I think he took three penalties that game, and it's like, ha Ben is wrong, and then, like, right at the end of the, the second period, like, Suter got a goal, and I'm like, oh, shit, they're down this by one goal now, starts. they're coming back, this is where it starts, yeah, but then, again, I saw 
I'm pretty sure it was Suter who took the penalty, and I'm like, yo, Dylan Strom hat trick incoming, and literally like less than a minute later, he scored the hat trick. Good for him, man. Seriously, after how he's been mismanaged for so long, it it's so nice to see him succeed again, man. It's so nice to see him have just a good game, you know. Not just he he's factors factored in the score sheet, you know, here and there. He's picked up an assist or a goal here and there, but you know, how long has it been since he was really the you know, the outstanding player of the game. It feels like he hasn't really had that type of game since uh, you know, his he got traded first here. year here in Chicago. Yeah. yeah. Essentially his rookie season, you know, it, it wasn't, but you know, it, that was his first full year. And uh, yeah. So it's real. It's, you know, it's just nice. It's just, it, it's nice. I, to I just see think that, it's yeah. neat. I think it's very neat to see that. So what's the March Simpson thing? I just think they're neat. Or, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Except replace it there I with him. I just neat. think he's neat. Yeah. So good for Dylan Strom. Uh, it was nice to hear him after the game. He said it's. Uh, he said that the last uh, 12, 13 games, he's you know kind of felt like himself. And uh, yeah, the sure huge contrast like to the beginning of the year, you could tell he was just. The man just seemed broken, you know. And well, yeah, with the way that Jeremy Carlton was like treating him and scratching him, I totally understand why slapping him on the wing. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, and it's not that he didn't, you know, play well on the wing, but I, I feel that as much as I tried to rationalize it myself, a, a broken clock is right twice a day. I feel was the situation he was in. He's not a winger. He will never be a winger. He's he a is, center, and he's proving he is as pure of a center as it gets, man. <laughs> he's a center. Seriously. And yeah, let's uh, let's get into the fact that he's won um, in the last eight games, I believe. Um, there was was a, someone uh, someone from the Blackhawks, uh, like a beat reporter, um, had mentioned he's, I believe, won over 60% of his face-offs. That would not shock games. me because over the season, he's at like 56 or 57%. So that's just, it's insane, right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah, that is pretty I, crazy. I, it's nice that way. I know. Face-offs are a stat that kind of get overrated. I think there's a lot more context to face-offs because a lot of face-offs can just be like loose puck battles or whatever. And there are some players that are above 60%. I feel like if you're better than 55% or worse than 45% in the face-off draw, I feel like that's where you can kind of start having that discussion. Okay, maybe this player is not good or at face-offs or is good at face-offs. Like, for example, Kirby. Ryan O'Reilly. Yeah. Yeah. It's like O'Reilly, Bergeron, uh, the like Selkie contenders, and then you look at someone like Kirby Doc, who's I don't even think is winning one out he's of every three. He's having historically bad numbers. Like he's having some of the worst numbers anybody's ever had. Um, after having played about, I think it was after having played, uh, oh, a hundred games or something. Oh God, it was a I forget who put that stat out there. I think it was uh, John Dietz, and um, yeah, he's having a historically bad season with faceoffs. Um, and now Dylan Strom, uh, another guy who who has struggled a lot with that, is now like you said, he's up. I believe you said above fifty five percent. Yeah, he's at fifty six or fifty seven. Let me check my sources really quick. Fifty six point something or fifty seven point something. I'm not sure, but either way, it's it's pretty cool. And again, like faceoffs aren't the NLB element, but when you see kind of like when you're reaching close to the sixties, the Hawks need face-offs. pretty impressive. Yeah, faceoffs. The Hawks need faceoff wins. The Hawks need uh, faceoff players. Or just just anybody to win faceoffs, and uh, because they really haven't had that from... over the past few years, at least like two players that can consistently win faceoffs. Because mm-hmm. David it's Camp actually, Taves. yeah, David Camp actually got better <laughs> last year, but Jonathan Taze was no. out the whole year. So <laughs> you're right. Really, yeah, it yeah. was. It was the year he kind of figured it out. It was the year that Taze was out, and now David mm-hmm. Camp is not even a black cock. No, he's. Uh, um, I don't know where he went. Uh, that's that's a little odd. Yeah, yeah Strom has. Uh, 
Let's see. Only time he was ever uh, even – he was even above 50% was in 2018-19 uh, in his 20 games with uh, Arizona. I don't know how many faceoffs he took, but he was 57 – or he's about 58, basically. Um, but in Chicago this year, 30 games, uh, 56.72, 57%. Pretty good. Very, very, very good from his uh, previous three seasons uh, in Chicago. He was 45 48 and 47. It's just mad. It's not horrible, but it's not like amazing. No, it's not good. It's like a little below average, but it's not exactly like Kirby. And they need a guy who's at least above average and they're getting from him. They're getting face off wins well above average. So fuck. Yeah, (laughs) it's great. Um, Do you want to get into um, the conversation? I think is uh, surrounding him no matter what. Do you think he still gets moved? Because personally, I think that I love Dylan Strom. You know, he's still pretty young and he could fit into this rebuild if this, if he continues this trend, you know, for the rest of the year, or at least, you know, not this trend, you know, he's not going to score at the pace he has been recently, but, um, but, you know, if he just finds that consistency, uh, hypothetical here. If he finds this kind of consistency, do you want to move him at the deadline or do you say, okay, well, he's a young player. He's an RFA. Do we want to hold on to him because he's a future? You know, like this is the kind of player that you'd want back from a trade, you know, when you're moving a, a vet or something like that. This is this is an incredibly tough conversation because if I were, if we did this even maybe like before the beginning of the new year, I'd have probably said trade Dylan Strom because just oh, like I would have really, said it without hesi- without a hesitation. Yeah. yeah, and they've been looking to move him for the past year or so, going back to Stan Bowman as GM and Kyle Davidson has even tried to as well, but they just haven't found the piece in return that they want for Dylan Strom and. With his recent performance, you might get that, but then you look at their organization. Like again, we've—I've said this so many times. All they really have coming through the system is Lucas Reichel, and if you're trying to rebuild, I think it's important to trade a lot of these pieces away. Like Mark Andre Fleury, if you can get him to move him, I think you should trade him because I think you'll get a substantial package back. Same with cool. Calvin DeHaan. So Washington, you know, because you you checked your sources. Oh yeah, <laughs> it's so funny because we're—I brought that up. Uh, with uh, destinations for Flurry, and uh, I said, "How about Washington? Like they're a good team, but they kind of have average to below average goaltending." And apparently, Sam Sonoff has been injured as well. I don't know how long, yeah. but maybe just as insurance policy. Mark Andre Flurry there. I think I the and well, the Capitals are insurance thinking, policy. I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd take it. And the Capitals are very interested in the thing. I think Elliot Freeman said that. And then there's because well, he, he's your source. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> me and me and uh, Elliot, we're 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 close, y'all. We tight, yeah, y'all. Buddy yeah, he's my he's my buddy guy. He's not my buddy guy. Um, but oh god, I <laughs> completely lost my train of thought with that. No, but sorry. that's okay. It's all good. But Flurry to Washington. Um, you know, but Detroit, apparently, yeah. the thing is that Flurry doesn't want to go to Washington because there's so many. Like it's the Capitals. This guy has played for Pittsburgh. Oh and then, yeah, but someone brought up it's like half the the capitals teams are former penguins like i think connor sherry's there i think justin schultz is there like there's a few <laughs> penguins players there so i don't think it's like the end of the world if he gets moved there but yeah Marco's that's such a flurry player. thing trying to respect the legacy oh i saying. know but it's, it's it's just so funny because there's like there's like a few former capitals on that team and uh mm-hmm. or penguins on the capitals rather um yeah, I I don't think someone like Dominic Kubalik. I don't think he he has a future here. I think they trade him. No. 
Um, Cal- again, Calvin DeHaan, you try to so move. Uh, Ryan Carpenter, you try to move. Because apparently the Rangers Dominic got interested Kubelik in him. had 30 goals in his rookie year. And he was and a Calder finalist, too, behind, like, Gilles and McCarr. Dude, he looked primed to be a 30, 35 guy year in, year out, too. Hell, he was la- he was on pace to do it last year. He just hasn't shown it this year. No, he's been just been a mess this year. Like like you've been saying, especially especially Dylan, just you gotta hope he heats up, man. He's gotta heat up. And he scored a little bit as of recently. Um I don't has he I don't think he's even I don't know if he's even cracked ten goals yet. Um, no, I don't think so. Yeah, I think he's like nine. Um, which you know, not uh not the best thing to be selling, you know. Uh, well, 10 goals and seven assists, I stand corrected. Um, so 17 points, uh, 43 games. You can just pretty easily average that out to 34 points in a full season. Um, not again, 34 points from a guy who was scoring 30 goals alone a couple of years ago. Um, um, Who do you think Awkward he fits more? <laughs> I, I'm um, trying to think. Who do you? Where do you think he fits? Kubalik. Like Kubalik, you're. Yeah, go ahead. Kubalik Sorry. is interesting because I think his qualifying offer is something like four million. It could be mm. a little less than that or a little more than that. Give or take four million dollars. So, whoever, whichever team he's going to, if they do want to resign him, they're going to have to qualify him for four million dollars. Or if they don't want to, they can just let him go to restri- unrestricted free agency and sign him. But Usually that doesn't happen. Uh, the Blackhawks did that with Duclair, I think, a few years back, and then they did that last year with Pia Suter, and none of them resigned. Oh, okay. They're so both what you're having... saying is it doesn't happen anywhere besides here. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. We, we all know Chicago is the center of the hockey universe. Exactly. Um, and they love their RFAs, right? right? But, um, oh, man, I, I keep losing my train of thought, dude. <laughs> but Kubalik, I feel – he's the kind of player that you could maybe package with Marc-Andre Fleury to potentially get a first round pick because mm-hmm. um, they're, they're going to have to retain salary on Fleury. You might even have to retain a bit on Kubelik. I'm not sure, but Washington just makes so much sense because I know they don't have much cap space, but there's a bunch, there's those a bunch of players on their team that have like maybe two years left one after this one where you could probably take on their salary cap that would help out for this year, but also not kill you for next year. I'm thinking like Michael Kempney, which would be just so funny if he came back. You oh see the picture God. of his, like his flow. Holy gorgeous, man. What a beautiful <laughs> human being. Seriously. And not uh, for anything else. And then there's Carl Haglin, who I think has a year or two left on his contracts. They would go like, used to have good flow. Let it go. Very disappointing, but I digress. <laughs> but, but <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, man! But there, there's players that you can that you can get back where you can help even the salary out, and like not also kill your long term. So I think definitely the Blackhawks are gonna have to get creative in terms of uh, like moving salaries around, retaining salaries, or maybe even getting a third team in there, kind of like they did last year when they got a uh, Matthias Yamark to go to Vegas, and I think a couple of years ago Robin when they, when Robin run. Leonard went, was a leaf for like four seconds and then he went to Vegas. So, Oh yeah. Vegas again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But uh, back to Dylan Strom, Dylan Strom is probably the most intriguing one because again, he's, he's heating up again. If you asked me maybe even a month ago, I would have said, okay, you should probably trade him. I don't think he has a future here, but obviously I don't think you should base everything off this 
like 10 game sample that he's going through. He's obviously been great winning the face-offs, the point projection, the hat, the hat trick last night. And then that primary assist, but you just look at the past, the, his tenure in Chicago, he was almost point per game and like 60 games with them. He was on pace for, I think over 50 points in the COVID year. And then last year he kind of had a bit of a bit of a down year, but like, again, Jeremy Carlton just didn't seem to have much trust or faith in him and kind of misplayed him. And, did the same earlier on the season and Derek King kind of did too, but now you're playing him with players that are. Yeah, he's played him in the first, uh, the 1C role. Yeah, yeah he's, he's playing him with Hagel and Kang. He's playing with these skilled players. Like, they were, the biggest thing was that they were trying to make him into something and not like a bottom six grinder. He's not that player. He's a very skilled playmaker, great high, hockey IQ, thinks the game very well. You got to put him with those kind of players. And it's worked it's incredible out. to me that he was even put in the. Well, is a third line center I could see, but a bottom six winger was always the most incredibly (laughs) like, I don't, it's one of those things that, um, that outside hockey fans see that and they just, and everyone goes, what the fuck is that? Please explain to me why that's happening. And And then Reese Johnson will be playing in the top six. Yeah. Like, come on, you know, like it's, it's so it's beyond, beyond blatantly bad asset management and employment or deployment it, it's incredible so what a shocker that when you give a skill forward skill center um skill line mates in a top six role look what happens crazy right but i digress <laughs> but back to dylan strom again like i think that th- you still got like a couple months before the trade deadline or less than a couple months now but um, yeah. you, you got to take this time to evaluate if you can keep this up because you're going to need players for after this season. You're going to, they're going to be, the Blackhawks are going to be trading away a lot of these guys. You have to have players that not only that can play, but can produce offense. And Dylan Strom can certainly do that. Unless you're getting like blown away by a trade offer. Like if someone just sees the recent play of Dylan Strom and just sees like, oh, we need a center. Let's give them a first round pick and a player back. Then you do it. But if you're not getting a satisfactory return for Dylan Strom, I say keep him honestly. Like, you, yeah. there's no use in trading him for like a third round pick, you know. But so, and and I've heard that Dylan Strom loves Chicago. Obviously, his longtime buddy Alex bring gets there. He has a young daughter now. So even let's say if the Blackhawks don't trade him and they want to keep him. I still think they have to qualify him $3.6 million, but the, what they could do is they could let him go to unrestricted free agency, but they could sign him for maybe a cheap contract. Cause I don't think anyone's really going to be throwing a lot of money at Dylan Strom, but he, again, he loves, he loves staying in Chicago. He has a, a daughter now. Um, he's, he's again, he's long buddies with longtime buddies with Alex to bring it. Just those factors that could, that could, uh, potentially entice him staying here but i do think he gets moved i think they do get a decent return for him but yeah, I, I feel like I, would, I would like to see dylan strom stay here i think that would be cool because i do think that he's like a, a good middle six kind of center i think he is a center not a winger <laughs> no, no, no. i'm gonna i'm gonna fix that for you he is a center that is mm-hmm. not a winger that is not a winger not up for he debate. is yeah. he is as pure of a center as can be doesn't mean that he can't have some success in the wing as a player, he is a center. He is exactly what you want as a center. He might not have the best defensive game, but not every center. I want a great skater, he, but like he's, he's so a playmaker. His his, his <clears throat> but not like every his center offensive is the best skating. You know, like you know what I mean. 
Is, is offensive mean? ability is always like outweigh oh, the the potential defensive risks you have. Like he's a positive yeah. player, impact. When player. he's playing the way he, you know, when he's on his game, and you know, before again, before last season, he was, you know, he was consistently doing that, and now seeing him kind of like Jones after some time in uh, King's system, it took Stroh much longer time, but you know, after a little while, you know, he settles in and he finds a, you know, a new role. He finds a role that, you know, that actually fits him. I shouldn't say fine, but it's finally given it a shocker that he actually gets success. Um, um, so oh, put a I, playmaking center with a good wing, you have two good wingers. Yeah. What a crazy concept. Um, so I'm just going to say myself, I do, th- I do think he does. Like, I think that that's what's going to happen. Um, but similar to you, I, 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 I want him to succeed. You know, I really, he, the, the renaissance he had here was great. And, you know, it, I remember that year he had said, um, oh, I was such a uh, huge fan of Dylan Stroh when they made that trade. Oh, yeah, I dude. That. And he, uh, and he said himself, he's like, I want to play my entire career here. Like he loved it. He loved being in Chicago and, uh, you know, far that's a young kid, you know, probably just being, you know, as excited as can be to you know, have this success being with his, his back with his, his buddy best. Elks to bring it. Yeah. And he's playing, he's playing crazy. The city loves him. You know, it, it, it sucks that he hasn't, you know, the things kind of, you know, flattened out after that, but it, it hasn't been anything to his fault, honestly. So, um, yeah, I, don't, I hope it works out, man. I hope it works out. I think there's a good chance it does. I mean, if he, I don't, he's not going to, you know, I don't think he's going to be a point per game or anything, but if he at least scores, you know, half a point per game. or maybe I really think he could that. be someone that could like maybe put like 45, 50 points per year, which oh, is still yeah, so valuable, yeah. he's especially for center. He's, you know, at his best, he's a perfect second line center, you know, when he's actually deployed as a second line center and used that way and, you know, put on the power play. I, has he, okay, I feel, uh, obviously I'm a fake Hawks fan, as we all know, but um, oh, yeah. has he been consistently playing in the power play? Because he was there uh, last I don't night, think so, I no. Even if he is. is playing on the power play, he's not playing on the top unit. Yeah, but you see last night, uh, this I believe, no, he didn't have an assist, but he had a, Goal on the power play. I believe he was on the uh, top unit last night with uh, Kane DeBrinket Jones and uh, company. Um, and he looked good there. Scored the hat trick goal. Um, Got that tip in front. Yeah, uh, which I'm sorry is what he did in his first year with the Hawks. He was he found a living on that power play. So I it it kind of surprised me that you know that um it took this long for them to put him back there. Um, but yeah, there you go. He's Finding success there again, so or starting to at least. So hopefully that continues. Um, I just hope that they keep him there because I think that he, I think he's a perfect fit in that spot. He's a, you know, he's a big body and he actually knows how to use it in front of the net. Obviously not the, you know, the, the strongest guy. You know, he isn't, he's no Ryan O'Reilly or anything, but uh, he's useful there. You know, like put players in positions to succeed and not Ryan Carpenter. Please, thank you, my God. I will never understand. Wait till he goes to New York to. and then he plays with like Alexi Lafreniere on the power play. <laughs> I, yeah, and then scores like five, yeah, five goals in his last fifteen games. It's gonna be great, man. I can't wait for that. It's gonna be so fun. Um, but kind of yeah. echoing your point where you said that I just want Dylan Strom to succeed me. Uh, I'm I'm on the same thing. If he, I just hope wherever he goes, whether he gets traded or stays here, I hope he has a long and healthy career like I still again I don't know if he's ever going to live up to that third overall pedigree when especially when you look at all the players that have kind of gone after him and stuff but this is still someone who could play and be as a middle six center and contribute offensive points and now can win face also but again this is not a 
a perfect player, but this is still a player that that had to have a positive impact. So a better player than what his numbers have shown, you know. I, I think simply enough to say. Um, and I'm pretty yeah. sure he's like already going to match his offensive output from last year, and he ha- and like what, and he's played less than ten games than last year. So <laughs> good, good for him, man. Good for him. So. Uh, it's funny because we kind of stopped there at the Dylan Strom hat trick for the game to talk about Dylan Strom and rightfully so, but there's there was still like like five or six goals that were scored scored after that. Like the Brink <laughs> got two goals, including an empty netter. Um, Brandon Hagel got one of the goals. Like it was just back and forth. Brandon like, Hagel scored off one of the most incredible turnovers served up by Nicholas. Oh Lenny my himself. god! Beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. <laughs> also, Calvin DeHaan. Calvin DeHaan, like, turn over the puck, and then Nick Letty's like, oh, I got to one-up that one. <laughs> it was, dude. I, I mean, he was, just can't get it out of his bad. head. That He just can't get it out of his head. He was just, like, like when just playing in Chicago, he was just always saying, get it to Chicago forward, and he's never got that out yeah, of his dude, head. Dude, rocks like, in his ass, dude. He got rocks in his ass. Does anyone, Seriously. no one will understand that. No one will understand that. That's okay. It is an incredibly um, but, niche uh, reference. He was the, uh, he was the player back in the two-on-one with the, uh, the break it goal. The uh yeah, Taves into break it play. Um yeah, it, it, that was a rough game for Nick Letty. Um so it was a rough game was for most funny. defensemen, especially uh You're not Danny DeKaiser. <laughs> Ooh yeah. Mort Sider deserves the calder for playing that well with Danny DeKaiser. You know, it, it sucks, man, because uh, you know, I listened to the Wing Wheel podcast uh a while. I, I listened um a couple months ago to their uh episode. Uh, of course, their episode. I'm um, talking about uh, them smoking us um, in Chicago, and uh, you know, I don't, I don't know what you're talking about. To... That, that didn't happen ever. That never happened. Not like I'm, you know, extremely salty and enjoyed last night for that reason. No, 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 no. no. Come on now. That's that's that doesn't count. Jeremy Colton was the coach. Exactly. Exactly. That's what I'm Nothing saying. Nothing counts that for the Blackhawks. All statistics should just be erased from exactly. those first twelve games. I've said seasons. this so many times. Exactly. Or maybe the last two seasons too. I'll, I'll take that also. Um, but uh, they had mentioned uh, uh, the fact that the Kaiser has just battled injuries his entire career, and that's most likely you know why he's struggled as much as he has. It's just such a terrible fucking story, man. Because he really was highly touted coming out of, I believe, the University of Michigan. Um, oh, I be wrong. I think I he know. was a. I think he was a Michigan kid. Um, but you know, either way, he. Uh, it's just been a rough go for him, man. And it sucks to see it. The guy's doing the best he can. You know, he's been with that team for so long. It's, you know, I mean, it's just nothing of his fault. Um, a lot like, uh, Brent, well, I'd say a lot like Brent Seabrook, but uh, that that was his choice. Yep. Uh, uh, Macomb Township, Michigan, drafted. Um, I'm going to find. His, How old is uh, he? I'll pull that up in just a second. That's a good question. Um, is he in his 30s? I don't think he is, but he's got to be getting close. Uh, 31. Oh, he's so. 31. I thought he was a bit he younger. I thought he was like 28. Yeah, Kaiser has like always been a rookie to me. You know what I mean? Like, just never seemed like he aged. But, you know, you blink and now he's 31 years old. So that makes me feel, you know, makes me feel like I'm starting to age. Uh, he played for Western Michigan University. Not U of M, I bet. But yes, Western Michigan something, University. Something Michigan school. Things of that nature. <laughs> Red Wings love their Michigan boys, man. Well, they're Michigan yeah, Dylan Larkin, and there's probably a couple of other players I'm missing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what was it? Uh, who was oh, – man, uh, was it Quinn – they really wanted Quinn Hughes. They no, really but then Philip Sedina yeah. fell to them, and apparently 
Elliot Freeman said though, like that's a guy who could probably benefit from a fresh start. Not necessarily saying that the Red Wings are shopping him, but that's that's interesting. Wouldn't uh, could we interest him in a, a slightly used Dylan Strome and uh, mm. a prospect? Or would, a you, would you do that, Dylan Strome for Philip Sedina? Fuck yeah, I would do that. Come on, man. I would not. I would not. I, not I love Dylan Strome. He would find a way to fleece us. Oh, okay, that's fair. That's, fair. That's, <laughs> that's completely fair. See, I, I like as much as we just talked about how great Dylan Strom is. I, I just see it as you know, I love the guy, but like you know, you at the end of the day, um, you know, what's the better who's the better player? What's the uh, better move? But this doesn't I seem like Zadina an Iserman such... move where you give up on Zadina like that. Unless he's no, not bad. at all. No, no, because Iserman's a good GM. It was more so Fridge uh, suggesting that he could right click baiting what... even. Hmm? Elliot Freeman oh. clickbaiting, just oh, like Cerevelli Frank Cervelli was. Dude, yeah, <laughs> same mind here. Yeah, we just we just hate Frank Cervelli. I'm never gonna let go no, of the fact Frank that he did that to me. I, I just can't get over it. He's from Philadelphia too, so it, it all he, makes sense now. Okay, no, I'm not. Mm. I, I like you know, guy. I don't. Uh, you know, fuck Frank Cervelli, but you know what? I I got a lot. Not my buddy Phil. guy. I, He's not my guy, buddy. <laughs> I got a lot of ties to Philadelphia, and I'll have you know. That. Anyways, um, what were we what talking about again? Elliot Freeman. Fit. Yeah. Mr. Philip Zanina. Zanina. Yes, that's what it was. Had to. Took me yeah, a couple seconds. The there, but, um, the wonderful mess of a game. That, you know what game it reminded me of was, uh, God, do you remember 2018-19? Uh, they had Ottawa, that, uh, Chicago. It was Mike Tirico's first ever. No, 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 no. Well, that's a good one. Because wasn't one. that but eight to I, six? And I'm pretty sure Hatcher yes. scored that game too. It wouldn't surprise me if there was. Alex to break it. Alex to break it. I remember. Uh, I believe right. Strom scored. Kane scored. The break had a hat trick. Um, I I think I scored or something at some point. It yo, was crazy. Steve Conroy's like, yo, put my put my boy in the line. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, they needed the speed, man. What can I say? Um. But uh, no, it it reminded me of um the uh actually the uh the game they played in Detroit um where it was Mike Tirico's first ever game that he announced uh, uh first ever hockey game he announced first ever NHL game he announced and uh, the Hawks let up uh, I think two goals late in the uh, I think they were up four one or three one it was a Leafs like collapse it was uh last few minutes uh, Larkin and Athens see you score and it was just. You might even you know, say par it, for the course. Par for the course. Boston with that team. Bruins collapse like they did last night against Colorado. Yeah. Oh, well, you God. don't see the mainstream media talking about Boston blowing a lead. It's only about the Leafs. It's just ridiculous. You know, <laughs> I just need the media to talk less about the Leafs. You know what I mean? <laughs> How can we make it all about the Leafs? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Like all Toronto fans say, how can we make this not about the Leafs? Oh, yes. Come on now. Come on. You know them. They don't like the spotlight on them. It's, no, get those lights off. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, just um, it just felt like far from the course with this team, man. They, there's something with them and the Red Wings. It's always a fucking far, uh, barn burner, isn't it? Whether it's Got last it. year or I wish they were the same deficient still. Yeah, me too, dude. Me too. Just you know for the what? Next season or two. You know, just for forever. Yeah. You know, I, you I know say what? it as a joke that it'd be great to, you know, keep winning against them. But can we just have them? Back I did the not put forever? this topic in the notes, and this is probably the most thing I wanted to talk about the most. But what if Arizona 
since they're going to an arena with less than 5,000 seats, just got moved to Quebec, and then Detroit gets moved back to the West. Thank you very much. I would love that so much. I like it, it's one of the worst. It's one of the worst decisions the NHL's ever made in their history. I know that sounds and that is saying quite a no, bit. No, it, it's one of the worst. Let's let's just say it's one of the worst on ice decisions they've ever made. Yeah, There's a lot of off ice, and we don't. I don't want pretty to much all off ice stuff will trump any on ice stuff. Yeah, and man, it. I, I, I don't know what they were thinking. I don't know what they were thinking. They took one of the best rivalries in all of sports, and it really is one of the best rivalries in all of sports, one of the oldest rivalries in all of sports, at least. Original six teams. And they took it apart. Didn't take apart the Canadians and the Leafs. Didn't take apart the Bruins and the, or the, the Bruins and the Rangers. No, it had to be the Hawks and the Red Wings. We can't have our cake and eat it. The Hawks are the only original six team in the conference. Give us something. Come that's, on. That's right. I didn't think about that's that. That's not enough slices. Give us some <laughs> slices. Yeah. That's I, enough I, slices. <laughs> <laughs> no, that was no, that was uh that was me late in that game last night, man. It was that was nerve-wracking. God, remember, was, remember when we kept sending the tweet to the chat? It's like <laughs> Sammy Niku and Brett Conley sent waivers, and we sent it like 10 times, and Julia's like inserts, that's enough slices. And I was like dying from that. I love Julia. Hi, Julia. I know you're listening. Yeah, Julia's. Uh, that a... sounded more creepy than I intended it to be. Hey, Julia. Oh, I, know I know you're listening. <laughs> no, we know she's listening. Come on. Yeah, and Come on now. Maybe it's someone else. Our good German friend, Julia. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. All right, we gotta we gotta set up a time and have her uh, have her on sometime because I you know, know she, she's told me she's uh she's, uh, she's, doing her she's own podcast, uh, happy right? to talk about the German Olympic team. So uh, I'm gonna put that public uh, that public offer out there. So uh, you know, I know there's uh one of us is uh you know the producer of the three and uh, usually schedules the guests. So. Um, talking about i don't know who that is but you know hopefully they you know yeah whoever that is better get off his lazy ass and do it am i right jimmy i I mean your words your words but you know maybe you know i mean that's up to him you know i'm not saying it but you know it's me i'm the producer really come on man i'm not (laughs) i'm not saying that you know i'm not saying that but you know you don't have to go there (laughs) you have to say it you don't have to go there I mean, not you're not wrong. wrong, but you didn't have to say it, anyways. Jesus, man, I feel like if if somebody there has like you have to be on Twitter to at least appreciate this podcast. Yeah, we're I, incredibly niche podcast. I'm fine with that, but it's yeah. it's really it, sometimes I sit back and I'm like, man, like we are showing this to a Victorian child, you know, like that kind of thing. It's <laughs> <laughs> just disintegrate. Yeah, let's let's uh, show this to the pioneers. <laughs> Just like teleport out of nowhere where they're in their wagon and horses. Hey, give this a listen. Why hey, don't you? Columbus, I know you're about to do some really fucked up shit, but I, I just, I just got, it's like Kanye interrupting Taylor Swift. It's like, Columbus, <laughs> I know you're about to commit genocide in the United States, but you gotta listen to this fire ass podcast right here called the PJ's Cast. And yeah. Have you watched episode nine of Star Wars? Yeah, I've watched all of them. Oh, yeah, wasn't that like your last watched movie for like two, I'm pretty sure two that's years? The last, that's the last movie I've seen in theaters is is that one. I, okay, guys, anybody listening, I have told this man, I will go up to Edmonton. I will fucking drag him to a you theater know what? to go see I Spider-Man No happen, Way Home. So I'm going to deliberately not see it. So that happens. Come on. That'll please, be the most I interesting got... thing that's happened to me in my life in the past few months. Listen, man, listen, I... 
I wish we were more popular because I would actually start a GoFundMe to get this man a goddamn ticket <laughs> to get to this movie. Anybody hey, drop hey, a dime, hey, Jimmy, 50 cents, hey, please. No, Jimmy, are you following the story? Maybe you could you could join those truckers, the Canadian truckers, and oh drive God. to Edmonton. Okay, okay. Let's, let's not get into that. Let's not. <laughs> let's not. Let's... Yeah. <laughs> no, I'll, I'll, def- I'll going definitely to Ottawa and talking to Mr. Trudeau. Yeah. I'm sure that's. Hey, I actually don't buddy, know much guy? about that story, but I'm assuming it's very productive. You know, I'm assuming that, right? It's very productive. You know, not a not problematic whatsoever, right? Okay, cool, got it. Never right. happened in Canada, Jimmy. I have no idea. No, what you're no, about. not North America whatsoever. Not like these two. No, come on, now. Come we on now. didn't talk about Christopher Columbus and genocide a few minutes before that either. No. <laughs> but um, so I have what the fuck are we that. talking about? I have a very no no. This is the this is this. the topic. Very important, by the way. This. So you, you hard hitting topic facts. of genocide. The, did Kylo Ren deserve to live? Uh, oh, this God. is very important. <laughs> I just watched this movie last night with uh, my mom saw it for the first time. Uh, hmm. My uh, my uh, brother's girlfriend, I call it sister in law. You know, you're at that point. She's you know the sister in law. She saw it for the first time. Me and, uh, when my wife's boyfriend lets me stay up late. That's, that's not... the first thing I thought of. <laughs> it's brother's girlfriend. I know, but... <laughs> that really was one of my favorite jokes for a long time. <laughs> it's a great fucking joke. Um, but I will ask my wife's boyfriend about No, Kylo Ren deserved to die because he was a brat. Anyways. Thank you. Okay, well, I mean, you kind of just destroyed the entire conversation, but okay, thank you. But the question, the topic is, did he redeem himself? No, I don't think so. No, no, right away. It was, <laughs> we're watching it. My mom, my mom sees it come up and she's like, oh my God, <gasps> they're going to kiss. Okay. <laughs> and you see him dissolve. No, that's not fair. <laughs> <laughs> and she looks up, she's like, guys, change it. That's not right. That's not fair. Oh my God. <laughs> and so the topic came up and afterwards. No, we had a... no. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, that was uh, <laughs> that was our topic of conversation last night. I understand that. I I believe it's it would be good storytelling to keep. To so that was the scuttlebutt around your household. Yes, with, uh, Star Wars I Episode think, Nine. I think it's good storytelling to keep them alive. The moral side of me, pun intended, goes um. Nah. I don't like Hitler, and I don't like space Hitler. So um, bye bye space. He like come on. He he and Darth Vader are basically space Hitler. Let's be honest with ourselves. The, dude, Darth Vader is exactly why you don't bully the quiet kid or give him bad direction because he might just breaking make news star and blow up a few planets. Breaking don't news. Schmitty Schmitty didn't make it because he was sleeping. Let the man sleep. Yeah, I know. I was Let just I just thought I'd bring that up. This poor motherfuckers listen <laughs> to the podcast. <laughs> Bro, I was just trying to enjoy my nap. <laughs> all seven listeners are gonna know my man was no no come on on. seven listeners it's more like two and a half i mean come on let's be maybe 2.75 if i'm being generous but i don't know if it's 2.75 like what part of the body are you losing you know uh uh, i don't want to discuss that you know what honestly but if they're listening to our podcast probably losing their head over some of these moves the Hawks ah, are making, right? You know? <laughs> ah, ah, ah. 
Oh, I'm never talking again. Okay. <laughs> sure okay. you are. <laughs> okay, that's the South Park reference, right? Of course it is. It has to be. It has to be. It's like me. Hey, listen. You, you're listening to rest. You're watching Rusty Development now, and I'm watching South Park. So, yeah. Me when TV show equals personality. Hey, listen, Don't leave your uncle Teabag hanging. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Oh, Tobias. Tobias. Anyways. Uh, what 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 other topics is there to talk about? Because I know I have a bunch, but that, that's it's one of those podcasts. It's like yeah, we're what just is, well, can we talk about the fact that the coyotes are playing in a five thousand fan arena? Not only like holy shit, not only for like a few games, like that's the plan for a few years. Yes, it's like what three, four years. Yeah, yeah three, 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 four years. Four years. Yeah. The fact that they're going to be playing a game in that at all, Gary Bettman. We've known me, this man but... is stubborn. This is a new level of stubborn. I mean, get your fucking head out of the ground, out of the desert ground, and just send this team to Quebec, man. My I mean, man, this Gary Bettman's right an ostrich. He's just got his fucking head in the ground all the time. Yeah, yeah. And it, it's just holy shit, man. Holy hell. You know, Gary Bettman's the guy who, when the light turns yellow, he just stops at the. He just stops. You know. <laughs> well, you know. Wouldn't be the right thing to do, you know. You just gotta, you know, you gotta respect them. Oh, you, well, you know what? Sexual misconduct it, and things like that. You know, in Arizona, oh. you know, you just gotta, you know, you gotta make it work. You know, you gotta, you know, gotta gotta do what's right for the team. Fuck off, man! Like, just I, I don't know how else to say it besides send this team. It'd be nice if the NHL got out of their own way. I mean, we've said it too many times. <laughs> That's <laughs> that is throwing a. That is throwing the skeleton of the dead horse that we've eaten the last few years off of a cliff and watching it just like like you know, like SpongeBob just drops somewhere and blows up because that's what happens. That, that's it's, the thing, yeah. The league's never going to get out of their own way, but it's just it, you know it's frustrating because it's like they they make us have to have this conversation. They mm-hmm. make us have to because if you want to talk about the NHL, you have to talk about the fact that they're stepping over their own shoes again. It's it's ridiculous. So. Um, I mean, I guess I do want to talk about it, but I guess there really isn't much more to say besides, well, it's going to be Just fun to watch you play in front man. of 5,000 fans for the next three years. NHL, I don't know what else to people say. that work in the NHL will do anything to admit that, that they're wrong. Like, before they admit they're wrong. They'll do the NHL anything. specifically will do anything. They will probably murder a small child before admit that Arizona was what a is horrible place to oh, turn up team. a thousand children before I let this company die. <laughs> <laughs> That's literally it. That is literally Gary Bettman in the NHL. Uh, I was going to quote the Suicide Squad, but I can't. I haven't seen it enough times to get that. I one. have only seen it once, and I don't. Did know you like much it? Of it? It was me. Wait, wait. First or second one? Oh, uh, the first one. I didn't ever watch the second one. Oh, okay. We're, I'm you know me, Jimmy. I never no, watched no, no, movies. No, the first one is an absolute tire fire. The second oh, one. Oh, okay. I actually didn't listen, know buddy. That. Listen, you know pal. Do you know who directed? You're not my the buddy, one? guy. Listen, buddy, guy. I'm not your Have buddy. You, guy. Do you know who directed the second one? Uh, no. But I think if you say the name, I'll know it. Is it James Gunn? Oh yeah, 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 dude. It's a good fucking movie. You gotta watch it. HBO Max. I'll come on, dude. Come on. I'm going to get you to watch that tonight. I'm going to get you a ticket to Spider-Man No Way Home. I'm going to buy you a fucking Uber and we're going to get your ass out there, okay? I need you to do that. There are so many. Dude, you know how many times Schmitty and I have said to each other, has he seen it yet? I want to send memes. Uh, no. 
Okay, don't say anything else. I will probably most likely <laughs> understand the meme on account of my brother spoiled the whole thing, but I haven't actually. Oh, seen what? He spoiled it for you? That's how you got spoiled? Yeah. Your brother and I have to have a talk, man. Come on, man. <laughs> Make is, your way up to Canada you. just for the sake of that. What's your brother's name again? Uh, Flimbitloo? Flimbitloo? I will, I will tell you bullshit. off. I'll tell you off here, Eric. I was going to say, you know, yeah, I, I'm not going to get his name on the air. So I don't want to talk or anything. Gutenfart is going to have a fantastic his name is terrence terrence and i'm philip okay that's the that's the two guys the two guys in south Mm -hmm. park terrence and Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that they're the guys buddy buddy um guys but yeah it (laughs) arizona i let the mostly hockey and like non-traditional places that worked we've seen Tampa has won back-to-back Stanley Cups. Florida is now finally emerging as like a good hockey team. Vegas has done very well. The California teams have done very well. But Arizona is the one place that has not worked. And they've been they there for... fucking pull the plug already. Yes. It's... Uh, and, like, all oh, uh, the poor fans, I'm like, they're probably tired of this shit, too. Just move on, rip the Band-Aid off, and get it over with, and fucking relocate them, because... Houston, like even they're they're not going to go to Quebec. I know that for sure. I would fucking love that they have the arena for that, and there's apparently been discussions about that happening, but it's not going to happen. Imagine the day when we get a commissioner that actually respects the country that the sport came from. Yeah, yeah. it's insane. Uh, yeah, that's a whole different topic. But anyways, um, Houston's like what top five? It, it's definitely in the top ten largest cities in America. It's kind of like the thing where. If you go to China, where they have like one and a half billion people, and you even like get like one percent of that, that's so much fucking like people that you've shown the sport of hockey to. If you can move that to to Houston and do the same thing, like they've got the arena for it. They apparently there's an owner that might want to buy it. I'm not sure. I don't know the full details, but <laughs> anything's got to be better than being in Arizona. Are you kidding me? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, it's not a bad place, but for hockey, come on. And, no. Well, I shouldn't say that because, I mean, it's worked in Dallas, but it, it, they haven't given them any favors. They put them in Arizona and they put them in a place to – they put them in a place to not succeed. Yeah, they're apparently the arena's like not even in, in town. Like, it's, it's out of the way. You have to go for it. But... The fact that the Panthers have worked out is amazing because of how they've done the even same then, thing. They, they shoved them in the middle of nowhere. Of of attendance issues but at least they're good arizona hasn't done anything except for like make oh florida's only been the florida's only succeeded because they because they've they've beaten the odds that the nhl put in front of them putting them in front of a fucking neighborhood it's incredible <laughs> but um yeah with arizona they just haven't they they haven't gotten lucky like that so a shocker when you put a team in the middle of arizona doesn't fucking work when you don't do it the right way who knew yeah, just even seeing that they moved Atlanta to Winnipeg is so. I remember when I was like, I must have been like ten or eleven when that happened. I was like, oh, that's so cool. But if that happened now, I'd be like, holy shit, they actually moved a team back to Canada. Unbelievable. That's <laughs> not gonna happen. We can we can hope. Like like I, like but... we said right off the top of the show, the the dream scenario would be Arizona moving to the east and then that would they would that would go to quebec quebec would take detroit but that would be make too much sense that would be the easy way we gotta make things complicated it's it's so like i think the like the more it just is sat in my head the more it drives me nuts that this is such an such a slam dunk answer such a slam dunk solution and they won't do it you know like it's like how do you 
don't know, I'm spinning my gears. I'm spinning my gears. Like I, I just can't believe it, man. It's every it's like every week there's some like am I wrong? The last year, every week they've done some dumb shit. They've done some really dumb shit. They just consistently do it. Um, do you want to even get into the Evander Kane situation? Because I don't yeah, think there's, I don't think there's anything that, we can yeah, add yeah. that really, you know, matters besides fuck that guy um, from everything we know about the situation and um, should not be in the NHL, but he is because it's at least for this year, man, like I understand he's in so much debt, but like take, just take the time off to like settle things down a bit. He did some terrible shit, man. I mean, just work on yourself, you know? Yeah. Work on yourself. I'm not saying he's like completely like irredeemable, but like, no, he's not. You should take the time off to like, to get when I say fuck that guy because I'm sorry. Just what's happened? It's it's shitty. It's hard what to give him the benefit. Yeah, it's hard to give him the benefit of the doubt. But he's done dumb shit clearly for like, years he's and got, years, man. He's got problems. Yeah, but if you know if if he wants to get past that, jumping right back into it is not. It, it's not. I'm sorry. It's not the right choice. You, no. People are not going to be. I, I don't think people are going to be very forgiving of a guy who isn't who isn't like. Hump, unless you're in the Oilers locker room, am to I take right, his Duncan time Keith? To just... What's that? I said, unless you're in that Oilers locker room, am I right, Duncan Keith? Okay, okay. Well, he'll fit along just perfectly next to him. Don't worry. Anyways. Like, in a vacuum, it's a great move. Like, no doubt, yeah. Evander Kane will help the Oilers. It just sucks that the Oilers are so, good so poorly mismanaged that – Bringing in Evander Kane, yes, great hockey player, great athlete, but this is a guy that keeps getting in his own way and making poor decisions, and that's the mm-hmm. guy that's going to help them. And he gets rewarded with a contract. Yep. That's that's my biggest issue. Is you're is rewarding a, him. You're rewarding a guy for being an idiot. There is a tweet from 2019 when Ken Holland got hired, and he said, I want to establish a culture here. It's about playing oh, for the logo and not the name, something to that effect. And uh, Yeah, that's uh, – okay. Less than three well, the years Oilers later, must have a lot of problems behind that name because he's not. <laughs> that, that, and no. three years culture than, hasn't been too great, buddy. Yeah, and less than three years later, that you go inside of Vander Kane, who's had all the off ice problems. But yeah, that's a guy, and allegedly gambled against his own team. Yeah, that's a guy that uh, puts uh, the team, the team, that the logo first before him. Yeah. Oh, I hate I hate hockey. Like we talked the last show, all the racist incidents that have happened. Just seems like nothing is ever going to change, but but then there's like a couple things like like, a, like last show Vancouver hiring Rachel Dory and Emily Castonge. It's things are changing just so fucking slowly. Anyways, um, yeah, I want to get on to uh, speaking of organizational changes, uh, the Chicago Blackhawks put out a very rare statement yesterday. That uh, they're in the process of interviewing general managers, and I think the biggest thing I took from that is they're not even going to hire like a president of hockey operations, which is what has been rumored to be the thing for the past few months. And I'm pretty sure Frank Cervelli said that, yeah, they're going to have uh, Kyle Davidson as their GM, but they're also going to try to get a president of hockey operations and maybe even go outside the box for that. But it looks like they're not going to do that now, and apparently. Like they're gonna, they're they're starting the interviewing process now. They might even have Frank Cervelli reports again. They might even have it done in like the next two or three weeks. And the trade deadline, I think, is March twenty first. And they said that they would have a GM by then. I think 
it, it's got to be Kyle Davidson. I would be so shocked if they went with anyone else, unless someone just like came comes into the interview and just fucking blows their head, like blows their blows their socks off their feet with their interview. Like, you're yeah. are you seriously going to let like you've had Kyle Davidson as interim GM for three months now? Build the organization for he's, as long as he has too. Yeah, and he's he's fired the head coach. He's made a few trades. <laughs> And now you're just <laughs> he gonna came be like, in and he fired the head coach. Like that, you don't just do that, you know. With an and obviously, GM. he must have had some backing from ownership, but um, for sure. But you're just gonna do that, and like a few weeks maybe before the trade deadline, you're just gonna give it to completely the new guy who maybe doesn't have as good of a pulse over the situation as Kyle Davidson to be like, yeah, you're the guy now. We're gonna let this guy who we let make like three trades for the head coach. No, he's not. Our, he's not our guy anymore. So that's why. It just it just doesn't make any sense for them to go besides anyone else than Kyle Davidson and like according to Scott Powers and other people like he's pretty much the the shoe in to be the general manager but again it would take like a miracle for someone to come and take it over him so and that would be again the smart thing to do you're seriously gonna let a new GM come in like a couple weeks before the trade deadline and then make the big trades this trade deadline is gonna be probably the most consequential trade deadline for the Blackhawks in a very, very long time, certainly since, like, they've won their three Stanley Cups because they have so many pieces that they can move, and if they can get some good prospects, picks back, then that'll really help the future of this franchise. So, um, yeah. um, One thing I noticed that was very interesting, I I believe you mentioned it, was that um, they're looking outside of hockey as well. Very yeah, but they're not doing a president of hockey operations anymore, so they're not going yeah. to probably look for someone because that's more president of hockey ops. That's more yeah. like big picture, like right thing kind of thing, business oriented. Whereas GM, like you're making these hockey moves, and yeah. you're you're not going to have that. At least that's from what it, what the report said. Yeah, so I I honestly don't see, like you said, I don't see, really see any world where it's not Kyle Davidson. It just doesn't really make again, sense. this is like no sources we have. Like, oh, wait, what am I talking about? I have Elliot well, Freeman, my good buddy Elliot Freeman. No, but. Well, just going, I mean, we could be very wrong, but it, it just from what you see around the league and how things work, it, would, it wouldn't make sense or it wouldn't really, you know, go again, just going by what usually happens, it wouldn't uh, line up right that they would give him all the, give him the reins the way they have and then. They say, you know, fuck you, buddy. They're going to take a seat back, and we got this new guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, so, yeah, I, I think he stays. Um, I think I got no right, sources, yeah. but I would be incredibly shocked if he's not the GM. Oh, j- it's just a birthday, yeah. Pierce, you know, if you don't have sources, your opinion doesn't matter, you know, like just like we always say. Good thing um, I do have sources. We all have Elliot sources. Friedman, yeah. 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 And uh, I believe there's no update on the coaching search correct no that's probably going to happen more after the season is done yeah and okay just uh bullshit prediction do you think it's king or not no i don't think king stays because i feel like we keep we kind of keep returning to it every uh, couple of weeks which i think is you know like why not um but why not i still still feel like he would be a great uh he's gonna still be in the organization it's not but i I don't think he's the head coach thanks for the help get the fuck out um Thanks for your help, buddy. Yeah, I gotta take a step to the side. Fuck you. (laughs) Like you said, you know, Mark Crawford really probably is more. uh, Derek King's more more of a figurehead. He's like the guy going out Mm -hmm. talking to the media and stuff, where Mark Crawford's mostly pulling the strings behind the scenes. Yeah, yeah. So, do you think uh, here's a here's a um, 
outside the box uh, prediction. Do you think Mark Crawford may be the next head coach of the Chicago mm, Blackhawks? I don't know. That'd be that's interesting. I don't. I only reason I'd say no is because why wouldn't you just name him that now? Yeah. But with how much, you know, with how much he's done for this team, you know, just the, just a thought, just a thought. Again, yeah, again, I feel like completely baseless. GM, yeah, the GM we know it's it has to go to Kyle Davidson. Like everything that's been said about him in the organization that he's like very smart, very analytical. He's kind of he's trying to find the balance between the eye test and the analytics. And like I was listening to the the Lazen Power podcast. Too, yeah that uh like he's a he's a person who doesn't try to act like he knows everything kind of like stan bowman did like he'll ask someone for questions if he doesn't understand anything which is yeah it's so nice to see because there was so much fresh air yeah there was so much complacency in his organization and from what they're hearing is kyle davidson is probably likely going to be the gm and his assistants would be brian campbell and megan hunter which would be cool to see them in those spots I I unfortunately can't say I know who Megan Hunter is, but as you oh, said, so man. she's a scout. Uh, I forget like what what region she scouts, but I know she's a amateur scout. She announced the uh, Nolan Allen pick. I know that, but I was gonna say I everything... assume she was one of the uh, one of Stan Bowman's eight. Um, <sighs> oh my god, yeah, man. figures. Yeah, I hate I, I still shit. fucking hate that so much, dude. Like, yeah, let's they, never they, talk about those. That those women deserve so much better, and I hope they're getting that now. Anyways, but um, that would be great, man. Campbell, you know, um, unfortunately part of that 2010 team. You know, we don't yeah. know if he knew or not. Probably did. Let's not get into that. It's all we're yeah yeah yeah. But still a great hockey mind, you know, by all means, uh, from what we what we have seen, seems like a pretty, you know, great guy. He worked with Bulk Fist. Um, he probably was, um, he probably should get a lot of credit for Bulk Fist's success. He worked a lot with him uh, one-on-one. And uh, so clearly there's a lot of, you know, knowledge there from him. And uh, I mean, well, like you said, Hunter, she's been a scout for a while. Do you know um, if she's, she announced the pick, is there any other, anything else we know about her? Oh man, I feel bad that I don't know much more about their buddy. Oh, we could we can do research no, we, on that. Oh no, dude. I, but again, like we didn't don't, really, they don't give out much information about. No, these we really people. didn't like, know what Cal, you know, da- who Cal Davidson was before the season. So, dude, Joe Quinville was a scout for the Blackhawks before he coached them the three cups. You know, like sometimes <laughs> the, these guys just go into positions where you don't know what you know. The, what are they doing? They're scout. yeah. Okay, like what is that? You don't know what it means because there's you know there's so many different scouts and you know and there's a lot of this or that or whatever. there's a lot of people that work in like various organizations across the nhl and you're like oh they still work with them they do work with them they worked with them yeah the exactly place. like there's a lot of that so yeah you know what speaking of people in uh in organizations um you know what made me really happy i was at work today um i worked at you know panera uh and i was you know on the line you know making some drinks secure in the bread am i right <laughs> yes sir <laughs> and i'm making a drink and i just think to myself Pierre Maguire hasn't been part of a single NHL broadcast this season. What a fucking one relief, of the, uh, the right? other I just day, I just needed to get that out on the podcast. What a relief. Of, the other day I had like one of those days where I just go on like a binge and watch like old NHL like Stanley Cup playoff highlights. And I was listening to like I think Washington Tampa 2018. I was just like watching all the highlights of that. I'm like, oh god, I love playoff hockey so much. And I heard Pierre Maguire's voice. <laughs> I'm so glad he's not. He's not on the air anymore. I'm so glad Lord, he's man. in Ottawa. And I have not only is he not on TV, like we don't see him do any interviews. Thank fucking god. Yeah, stay in that organization. Please stay away from hockey. Yeah, and please don't tell us what you believe. Thank you. <laughs> and I'll. <laughs> 
<laughs> one of my favorite things from the Steve Nagel po- podcast is like where where he's like doing the Woody thing. He's like, "You're my favorite Woody ass opinion." opinion. <laughs> yeah, analytics are my fucking Woody ass opinion. That- oh, like, and that was analytics the are bad. That was, that was after the Leafs lost Game Seven, so they were like extra mad. So no, that's one of my. Oh. That's like a top five Steve moment. Fucking incredible! Anybody? Yeah, I feel like anybody who's watched, listens to this podcast, probably is listened to that one. But if you yeah. haven't, please go listen to it. It's that's very, very sad for a lot of it, but yeah. also very funny at times. So you could feel Which, the pain. Isn't that, that a Steve Dangle podcast in the playoffs? Yeah. Anyways, um, I do. We do need to get finished up soon, but I think there's one thing we should talk about. Uh, can Aaron Dell just stay in, I'm in no rush? Well, unfortunately, I. Uh, I oh, you gotta go. Uh, soon, but oh, I okay. think we should talk about yeah. Aaron Dell needs to stay in his net. Like someone, please put a leash on this man and lock him to the net because, or just be like no, Millhouse no. from The Simpsons, where he's literally like taped to the net. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, he'd probably make more saves than yeah, the Am I say, right? But like we might make more saves than. I know he threw a hit on somebody earlier in the year, and I'm pretty. I was, think it was someone on Vegas, and I can't remember who it was. It was, I know it was Vegas. From what I remember, I'm like, I'm really now. I don't remember it ever being anything that needed more attention than it was, oh, you know, a goalie made a – it was a good hit, right? You know, that's what I remember. A good, solid hit. And, you know, goalies – That's like in the good old days. Goalies should be able to hit if, you know, they're out of the crease. You know, well, like – You didn't have the puck. Oh, it was, uh, it was the Preds. Oh, it was the, the Preds. Okay, huh, they deserve it. No, <laughs> no the first yeah. comment is uh, finally somebody on the Sabres that can hit. That's, that's funny. Uh, yeah. That, I won't lie. I did, uh, I did acknowledge in my head that that's funny. Um, come on, come on, Apple ads. Let's see. Yeah, going for the puck. Yeah, that's you know they they're going for the puck. That that's that personally, I think that if they're going for the puck, you should be able to hit. Hey, you, should, you know what? Goalies you can hit the goalie. Game. The goalie can they hit should you. be able to hit, but you should also be able to hit goalies. Like, dude, nobody ever told the goalies that they can go like that. They should go out of the net. There's absolutely no reason that they should. It's their choice. So if you go for the puck, you should be able to be played. What does Steve like Dangle somebody. say? If you're goal, if you if your goaltender tends the goal. Yeah, Aaron Dell needs to tend the goal, and he also needs to uh, stay the fuck away from uh, players. Because if you haven't seen that hit on Drake Batherson, please watch it. Yeah, you like, um, it's horrible. He's it's out for like a couple horrible. months now, and he's had a ankle sprain, and he's got yes, he the All Star break now. Dude, Aaron Dell gets going. one hit, and the motherfucker gets an ego. It's disgusting. He Drake Batherson. You think he's going top shit being a huh? goalie in Buffalo? Puck's already going behind the net, and he throws his shoulder yeah, his elbow like out, knocks him over. The puck or anything, he didn't have it. one hey, of the dirtiest hits you'll see in the corner. last few years. Disgusting hit. Um, and he got three so, games for it, and he should, and yeah, three NHL games. Let's just say, yeah, NHL three game suspension, aka deserved. And, and the joke going around was uh, the real punishment for Buffalo would be if he didn't get suspended at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, honestly, man, it. Just a ridiculous, ridiculous play. Um, you just gotta hope that Batherson recovers well because yeah, was, because he's been he's been fucking great for them. He's like over he was an all star. He was yeah. an all star. You know, like and they man, signed him it, to that cheap contract. Everyone was like, oh, I don't know about that, but the way he's been playing, that's a steal. I, I gotta look yeah, up man. and see how much. I forget if I liked it at the time, but he's he's played up to it, man. He's a hell of a player. Um, I guess before we go, um. Two days we have the uh, and I know Pierce, we're so excited, we've been waiting all week for this. So the NHL All Star game, Woo! oh yeah, Woo! okay. So, Drake uh, Rutherford six year contract worth 4.975 mil. That's not bad, especially oh, the way he's producing. for six years. Yep, 
Oh, this is going to be disgusting. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's going to be a great contract for a long time. Um, yeah. We have to say about the All-Star game because I have Jack All. I'm like, this is, well, my, let's finish it off. I, we'll I, I about the weekend upcoming. Next week. <laughs> and there's no, there's nothing that I can say about it besides uh, I hope Alex DeBrinkett does something cool. You know what? I, you know, or I'm something. excited to watch Jimmy. I'm so excited to watch Adam Pellick play at the All-Star game. Who I said already. Great defenseman. You know me. I fucking love Adam Pellick. I was on the train that the Blackhawks should trade for him because, but uh, because he's really good at hockey. Because he's really good. But that would be the equivalent of the Blackhawks sending Nicholas Jalmerson back in like. Yeah, no, it's it's game. amazing. It was the first thing I thought of was when John Cooper in 2016. He's like, you know, Nicholas Jalmerson, that guy should be an All Star. And it's like, yeah, All Star defense. That's not an All Star though. That's like no. one of the best defensemen in the league. You don't put respect, that guy in the skills competition. You're not sending Nicholas Chalmerson to to the All Star break to grow your game. Sorry, Nicholas Chalmerson, no, but no, you're not. He would probably want to say that too. Yeah. I, I, so what you're saying is, in the off season, we need to get Adam Pellick All Star jerseys. Let's do it. Mm-hmm. No. <laughs> I'll give it Seth Jones. You get an Adam Pellick All Star jersey. Come Bro, Seth it. Jones isn't in the uh, the All Star game though. Unless you're just oh, no. Blackhawks Jones I, jersey. I probably made some dumb. I probably said some dumb shit about, you know, oh, if Jones plays well, plays well, I'll get a Jones jersey. I just want to get a Jones jersey at this point. But it'd be kind yeah, of he, he ain't going anywhere. Kind of, so well, I also have to apologize to Barstool Chief if I do that. So, you know, it's going to be a little awkward. Oh, man, you can't admit this. last night. He's like, I love how has okay. everyone apologized yet? <laughs> like, you yeah. little baby-ass feelings, man. Get I love off Twitter. How, You're 30. I, I hate talking about him, but, like, I love how he acts like Seth Jones is, like, his agent or something. Or, like, a club <laughs> member. No, he acts like he's Seth Jones' agent, yeah. man. It's amazing. He's, like, he's what people thought Alan Walsh actually was. It's amazing. <laughs> No, I no, I I hope he never leaves Twitter because I need the entertainment. He's he's like an essential part. Oh, of like it's it's Black certainly Hawks not. Twitter it's never a dull. Rate. It's never a dull day with him. I'll say that much. Exactly. Well, the thing about um, Seth, I I want to say that Seth Jones. I've said this so many times. I hate people that hate Seth Jones. I hate people that love Seth Jones. Why can't we just like properly evaluate him? That'll never happen. Yeah. You know, we've made, we like, dude, we've made our jokes in the past. Obviously, there's the whole Trumpy thing. And, you know, it's it's funny to poke jokes and all that. But at the end of the day, he seems like a great guy. Um, yeah. He's and, ruined by the people he's surrounded with. Exactly. Like whether who, he doesn't seem like uh, a guy who whose opinions come from him. You know what I mean? Like, you look no, at his mom and you look at how he is and how she hovers them and everything. It's you know i would just i would sorry i would disown my parents if they did that to me like if i were well one thing if i were a professional athlete i would not have social media at all i would like i would go off the face of the earth but if i did calvin the hound's gonna come for you who i found out (laughs) me um i didn't know that um i did go into my tweets i guess i called him a quote-unquote i I said that jake mccain makes him look like a fucking toaster strudel so i didn't (laughs) help my case at all um yeah i'm like i'm thinking to myself i'm like why would this happen? <laughs> the Han has actually been good this year, except for that He's one so pass good, he had. Like, yeah. Hey, yo, oh, did you know that the Leafs have interest in him? You know, listen, man, I actually wouldn't be opposed to it. Hey, um, would you rather DeHaan? As someone who, by the way, follows the Leafs, just so what? You know. Wow. Cats out of the bag. How can we make say. this about the Leafs? <laughs> the cats out of the bag. Stevie jumped out of her bag. She not in her bag no oh. more. Wow. That's um, too bad. Oh, yeah. One last thing. Jeff Carter signed a two extension with Pittsburgh. Yeah. Good signing. 
Pittsburgh, once a fucking again, making a bad player look good. Not a bad player look good, but taking a player and making them good again. So, gotta mm-hmm. love that. Fuck you, Pittsburgh. I'm sorry. Fuck you, Pittsburgh. They're, they're <laughs> There's nothing wrong with them. But I do think Jake Gensel has a very punchable face. It's not It's not that I hate, like, I have anything against the city of Pittsburgh. It's just fuck them. They're so good, always. They're, exactly. They're just like that. They're like that itch that never goes away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just, just fuck off. They will <laughs> never die. Let me reiterate. Jake Gensel has a very punchable face. I'm sorry. I... <laughs> I had an entire conversation about this last night, and I won't go into it. Oh boy! But... All right. No, it was. It what was did Jake a... Gensel do to piss you off that much, dude? Alcohol and Jake Gensel conversation it was very interesting, very meaningless and embarrassing. It's an alcohol mention, and but... Jake Gensel conversation kind of night. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I'm trying to find a good way to say it without sounding like a complete loser, but I mean, if I'm being honest about myself, then it's perfectly fine. So, um, anything else to get into? All right, I think that's it. I think we we touched base on everything. Uh, hope y- y'all are uh, y'all are doing well today. Uh, hopefully, staying safe and uh, yeah. Please, please stay please. on Twitter, everybody. It's been a very um, seeing these uh, the uh, the protests and everything. The, uh, well, except for uh, unless you're really retweeting good. the link to the podcast. In that case, be sure to, to, to exactly the link. Be Come sure on, to man. give us a five star rating on your preferred podcast platform. Do all that stuff. It fills like our egos. PJ cast propaganda. Come on now. Yes, sir. Uh, Get with it. We, I gotta. You know what? I'm gonna pushing go buy PJ's some, cast, man. Pushing I'm gonna buy PJ's some cast. spray print, spray paint, and then then put it on a wall, on a brick wall. PJ's cast. Yeah. But are we? Are we gonna? Are we going to rebel against the machine? We have to spread pushing PJ's cast, right? Rage against the machine. Yeah, yeah. we do. Pushing PJ's cast. Pushing P. Come on, cast. Come on, then. I already named one of our, our, uh, our episodes that Push and Pee. Oh, no, that's not the name for this podcast. That's the movement, motherfucker. The movement, Push and the P, and then under, and just like in the letters, J's cast. No, hold up. Let me, uh, let me, this is so, so, this is so funny, dude. I'm going to tweet this. Call it. Yo, maybe I'll retweet it. <laughs> dude. <laughs> Yo, this tweet going to do numbers. <laughs> Two, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get two likes. Damn, two. this doing numbers. Yeah, I'm gonna get the two retweets and three likes. Damn, uh. this doing numbers. <laughs> there we go. It's tweeted. It's in the universe. It's out there and forever. It will never go away. Yeah. Anyways, um, looks like Jimmy froze on my end, so I think that's a that's a great way to think end what? things off. 